Hello and welcome back to The Road to Angus. This week we have a very special podcast in conjunction with the Scottish Book Trust and in celebration of the start of the Angus Alive Summer Reading Challenge, Reading Ahoy, we are delighted to bring you part one of a two-part interview with award-winning author Wendy H. Jones. In this part, Wendy will be discussing her books, her life and everything in between. So if that's something that would interest you, keep listening. Hello, my name is Adeline and I'm the cultural team lead for Angus Alive. Um, uh, We have a very special guest here today. Um, We have the author and public speaker, Wendy H. Jones, has agreed to be interviewed for this podcast. So thank you very much, Wendy, and welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, you're no you're no stranger to the L podcast. You have your own one as well, don't you? I do. Yes, I like podcasts. I think they're amazing. I'm going to start following your podcast. Oh God! <laughs> Feel free to to give us some pointers. You'll be great. <laughs> so you do podcasts and author and public speaking, but um, you have a really interesting background as well because you you. You haven't always been an author, have you? Oh, no, not at all, no. I was a nurse in both the Royal Navy and the Army. Um, I'm actually a major. Um, that's my title. I'm Major Wendy H. Jones. <laughs> oh, I, I do apologise, Major. Not at all, not at all. <laughs> I never use it. The only person that's interested in it is a tax man. <laughs> <laughs> do you get tax rebates? Don't, no, I don't get tax rebates. It just takes more tax off me because I get tax on my pension, tax on my book sales. I get taxed on everything, you know. Oh, so wow. realized that this podcast is actually going to come out in Veterans Week. So happy Veterans Week to you, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yes, of course. <laughs> Veterans Week. <laughs> yeah, I've just realized that. <laughs> That's fantastic. I will tell everybody that when I tell people about the podcast. Thank you very much for your service. Thank you. I enjoyed it. It was my pleasure. So how long were you in the military then? I was in the Navy for six years and the Army for 17 years, so 23 in total. Yeah. Oh, my God, that is a long time. But can I just point out, I was a nurse, so I didn't actually kill anybody. I know. I, I the opposite. <laughs> People always go, oh, did you have a gun? No, not really. They wouldn't let me loose with a gun, No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you did travel a lot. You traveled all over the world. I did. I was very fortunate. I got to travel to Hong Kong, um, Israel, Germany, Holland, Gibraltar, uh, Cyprus. I was really lucky. Wow. That's really interesting. You weren't in Ireland at all, were you? No, I wasn't. The only time I was, the whole time I was in the services, we were at odds with the IRA. So I wasn't allowed to go to Ireland. Then eventually I was allowed to go to Ireland and I actually spoke at Dublin Writers Conference four years in a row. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. And I love Dublin. Dublin is a, an amazing city. Yeah, well, I'm a Dublin girl, so Are I won't you? disagree with it. Do you not miss it? <laughs> you must miss it. I do, but I'm, I think I'm similar to you. I have the travel bug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that leads me into my first question for you. When did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Well, I've always written. I mean, my mother was a was a secretary and she was very keen on words and things. And she bought me a typewriter when I was, um, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. I was the only child that had a 
proper typewriter. And I used to write naughty fan fiction and things. And then I've always <laughs> written things as I went along. And then I ended up in academia in the military. I was a, the head of pre-registration nurse education. And then I ended up in teacher training when I left the military. So I was writing academic textbooks and stuff like that. So I've always written. So words have always been a passion of mine. I joined the library when I was three. You weren't even allowed to join the library when I was three, but somehow or other my mother convinced them and I got <laughs> to join. So, yeah. That's a, well, it's all changed now. You can join when you're three now. You can join even younger than that. Oh, yeah. I think my friend um, registered her son with the library when he was about three days old, you know. Oh, well, they... they... I think the people that use the library are people that use the library. Like I am a habitual library user. I've yeah. never lived anywhere that I didn't have a library card. Precisely. I was the same. Everywhere I went in the world, the first thing I found was the base library, you know, the hospital library. Off yeah. I went, found a library. Well, they're just magical places. You just go in and they let you read or listen for free to anything. All of, yeah, they're just magical. They are magical. Um, yeah. And so so that doesn't answer my question really. really oh, what was it? Why did... been, no, but you've always been a writer. But when did you make this switch? Ah, right. Military well, nurse. Yeah, yeah. Well, I made the switch because I was very ill. I got problems with my lungs. I was registered disabled and I moved back to Scotland. And to be honest, I was extremely bored because I'd been running around crazy, working hard. And then suddenly I wasn't doing anything. And a friend of mine was on a radio show and I, she asked me, um, you know, she said, if you ring up because they're asking questions I said okay I'll ring up thinking I would never get through then I got through and the question I asked was what advice would you give to someone who wanted to start writing because she was an editor of a magazine and it was about writing the show and she said oh just sit down and write and I thought oh, well that's not extremely helpful is it but then she <laughs> said do NaNoWriMo and I thought what on earth is that well it turned out it was National Novel Writers Month and when I went to look into what what that was about I found I'd accidentally signed up to do it. And I thought, oh, well, I better do it now. You know, I'm from I'm from Dundee. We don't back away from a challenge in Dundee. So <laughs> I, uh, I did the 50,000 words of a novel, my first novel, in during NaNoWriMo. And then I thought, well, what do I do with it now? Um, you know, I thought, well, I might as well finish it. So I finished it and I had it looked at by various editors and things. And they said it was good, but I needed to make some changes. I needed to change the end. And I did a lot of different things. Um, I did a lot of changes. Um, and then I pitched it to publishers and things. So that was how it started, really. It was a kind of accident. It wasn't accidental because I wanted to write a book, but I was catapulted into it at that time, shall we say. Yeah. And so what book was that? That was Killer's Countdown. It didn't come out for another two years because it was edited and re-edited and various things done to it. And then it came out two years later. Yeah, that's, that is amazing. And that leads me to my next question was, how long does it take you to write a book? Well, I can write the first draft very quickly, probably in about six or eight weeks. But that's what you call a dirty first draft. 
I will just write and write and write and write until I've um, finished the story. Then I go back and I edit it and I do things to it. For example, in the first book, I'd completely left one um, murder swinging in the wind. Nobody investigated it. They were told that they, they, there was a murder, but they didn't investigate it. So I had to go back and sort that out. But I just write because if I stop and edit it all the way through, it'll never get finished. It must be so labor intensive, though, a real passion, of, uh, a real labor of love, though. Oh, I love it. I really love writing. It's so good to see a story coming together and to be able to write words that bring people pleasure, because that's what it's all about in the end. Yes, I love writing, but it's not just about me. It's about the reader. So I've always got the reader in mind when I'm writing what they would like, what they would want. and But I still have to write my story. Yeah. How do you figure that out? How do you find out what your readers want and what they would like? Well, I've always been a mystery reader. I've been reading mysteries since I started with the famous Five and Secret Seven, and I've read mysteries ever since. So you get an idea of what the tropes are. You get an idea of what people, um, what mystery readers like. So start by reading in that genre and then you get an idea of the flavor of what and read books and when you like them think what's in that book that i enjoyed what was it about this book that made me enjoy it so that's the way i start is by reading but then the only way you actually get a final answer on what your readers like is by bringing your first book out and then they'll tell you whether they like it or not <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. And how was your first book received? Extremely well. Extremely well. It, it, the book launch at Waterstones went like a dream. There was over 100 people there. People were buying it all over the world. Um, I, the libraries, Dundee libraries took 25 copies. They were never in. Um, Angus libraries took copies. They were never in either. I was getting people sending me messages saying, I can't get your book out of the library. And I'm like, there's a six-month waiting list. And I'm like, there's nothing I can do about that. The libraries have got the books, you know. So yeah. it was extremely well received, yeah. Well, that must have been so satisfying for you. Oh, it was. It was such an amazing feeling. It's such, so exhilarating, I have to say. You just think, yeah. I can't believe I've done this. I've written a book and people actually want to read it. Yeah. What was your life like when you were writing it? Because you're saying it takes you six weeks to do a first draft. Is that just yeah. you wake up at the crack of dawn and you're writing to the wee hours or? I'm a very fast writer. As I say, my mother gave me a typewriter when I was... Um, when I was small so I've always been typing so I can type very fast if I can type as fast as my thoughts go so it's I don't have to write all day every day sometimes I do other days I won't write at all because there's other things that need to be done but most days I will write something and to be honest put this into context if you write 1,666 words a day you will have written 50,000 words in 30 days yeah so it's not as many words as you think. And I'm a very, very, very fast writer. So I can write that many words in an hour, you know, 1,666. That's, that's a crazy, that's a, that, that number gave me anxiety. That, I don't think I could write that in a single day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've just written a chapter for a book that um, I'm, I'm going to be in with other authors and I had to, I was asked to write a chapter. It's a non-fiction book and I wrote it in the last hour before I came on here. Oh, wow. 
Can you tell us anything about it? Do we it's, get any insider yes, knowledge? Yes, of course you can. Yeah, the book is a, a a motivational book for women, and I was asked to write my story of uh, how I came to be a writer. So it gives you a bit more than I've been talking about here today, because I don't want to bore the whole world with my with my you know entire story. But in this book, it's all about how I found the motivation to become a writer. Oh wow! Wow. I've just um, so when you're writing, is there anything that you like that you hide from people because it's a weird ritual you have with writing? Not really. Um, I just sit in an office or I say, I, I, to be honest, I'm an open book. I put pictures all over Facebook and Twitter and everywhere. Today's writing comes to you from and I've got a picture. Yeah. Of what yeah. I'm doing. But most people, if they looked at my um, browsing history, on my computer would have a heart attack. I'm surprised I'm not on a government watch list somewhere. You know, <laughs> your average person doesn't go and look at how you can hang somebody or how you can poison them. Or, you know, if they are, they're usually in a police station explaining their actions. So yeah, looking at my browsing history might give you a bit of a shock. Yeah, well, how to get away with murder. What Absolutely, poison is yeah. undetectable? Yeah, that sort of thing. That's the sort of questions you ask. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a book called The Poisons of Agatha Christie. That's quite a good one. I would have liked to have seen her um, her browsing history. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, Agatha Christie, for those not uh, that are listening and a bit young, she, she didn't have a computer. They didn't no, exist. Didn't. Back no, then. No, 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 no. I was talking about the author that wrote the book, her browsing history. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Agatha Christie was actually a pharmacist. That's why she knew about so many poisons. Yeah, she was a fascinating woman as well, much she like was, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. She, yeah, she just went missing for a year and a half once. Oh, she went missing, yeah, because she was fed up with life. Yeah, so no, just nobody knew where she was. Didn't know if she was dead or apparently, alive. She just apparently she was in a hotel in Torquay. Why not? Oh, just love it. Was it Palty Towers? Um, probably, yeah. I would have thought, no, I better not say that in case the case the hotel still exists and I'm dissing them. I'm sure that was a wonderful hotel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where do you get your ideas? Because first of all, can I just point out to our listeners, you write a wealth of stuff. It's not just um, your story or it's not just true crime. You write an, an amazing array of on different topics. Yeah. Where do you where do you get your ideas for your books? Where does that, um, the differences come in? Right. How do you go work? Sorry? Sorry, what I do is, first of all, I, just to explain, I write children's picture books, young adult mysteries, adult humorous mysteries, and adult crime, yeah? So I do all of that. But Alberti, the Buffalo picture book, which is the, the one and only picture book I've got out at the moment, but hopefully we might have more out. Um, that book I was asked to write, that's a true story, or it came from a true story. There was a baby buffalo, water buffalo, that went missing in Fife in Scotland. And he was running around Fife on his own for 14 days. The BBC got involved and they called him Bert. And I then ended up um, being asked to write the story. So Bertie the Buffalo was born. And he's also got a cuddly toy and a colouring book that goes alongside him. So he's quite fun. 
Oh, I loved Bertie the Buffalo. I really did love that book. It's beautifully. Who did the illustration for you? It's a chap called Barry Diaper. Now, he lives in England, but he used to be one of the illustrators for the Dandy and the Beano. Oh, so, yeah, he's a brilliant, brilliant. He picked up the story and he got it. He just got it and came up with those illustrations. They're phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. So that was, sorry. Sorry, I was about to say, who knew that there was buffalo and fife, let alone missing buffalo and fife? Well, precisely, I didn't until somebody <laughs> tagged me. Somebody tagged me in a Facebook post saying, Wendy will do it. And I was like, what am I being volunteered for? And it was to write a book. And I just thought, yeah, all right then. And then they did. They approached me and said, would you write the book? You know, there have been a lot of people volunteered to do it, but we think we'd like you to do it. I was like, OK, I can do this. Yeah, that's fantastic. So anyone that's listening, if you've got a good idea, just tag Wendy and she'll do it. Absolutely. Tag me in anything and I'll run with it, you know. But it turned out Bertie has been a worldwide success. He really has. He's been a phenomenal, uh, phenomenally successful. He's amazing. My young adult books, I was asked by a publisher if I would um, write a series of uh, young adult mysteries. And I'm, as I say, I'm very good at saying yes. So I said yes, and then I had to pitch it to her. So I pitched the, the Ferguson Flora Mysteries to her. And they're a mixture of Famous Five meets Scooby-Doo come the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, you know. They're that sort of thing. So there are a couple of teenagers. I, I've read them. I've read the first two. I've read Haunted Brooch and The Dagger's Curse. And yes. do you know what it made me think of? Do you remember the TV show Alibi? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like alibi, but for teenagers. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. So they were just a bit of fun to write, really. And to be honest, I signed a three-book contract, and which came as a bit of a surprise to me because, one, I wasn't expecting to be writing for that age group, and two, I only pitched them on the Monday, and I signed the contract on the Thursday, which has to be the fastest turnaround I've ever heard of. That's so incredible. that was quite nice. Then I have my adult... Uh, crime books which are police procedurals set in Dundee they're the detective inspector Shona McKenzie mysteries and the ideas for them come straight out of my head which is a bit worrying because they're about serial killers so it really is <laughs> worrying because I can think of a lot of ways to kill people and I've my my detective detective inspector Shona McKenzie is always thinking of ways to kill her boss so if you go to my website you get a free book di shona mckenzie's guide to killing your boss <laughs> so you know and they're straight out of my brain then i've got another series for adults which is the um which was the detective sorry that's the Cass claymore investigates series now as if anybody has ever heard of janet ivanovich's stephanie plum series they're just a laugh out loud caper the woman stephanie plum has no clue what she's doing none whatsoever she's just running around causing havoc and somehow or other manages to catch the guy in the end or girl in the end yeah it's just a load of capers so I wanted to write a Scottish version of that. And I thought, what can I do? So I came up with Cass Claymore, who's a redheaded motorbike riding ex-ballerina who um, inherits a, detec a private detective agency and accidentally hires an ex-condo-wharf and an octogenarian. So I just came up with the wildest idea I could come up with. 
And lo and behold, that series was born. And people that like Stephanie Plum love it. I've had people in the States say, oh, my goodness, this is a Scottish Stephanie Plum. And I've never told them that. So, you know, it's working out. <laughs> That's great. Oh, God. Uh, sorry, you have to repeat the description. An ex-con dwarf octogenarian. All right. What it is, it's a... Cass Claymore is a red-headed motorbike riding ex-ballerina who, who inherits a private detective agency and accidentally hires an ex-con dwarf and an octogenarian. Oh, okay. So they're two separate people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you've, you've also written books on marketing as well. I have, yes. I've written a book called Power Pack Book Marketing, which is marketing for writers. And that is now in the process of being completely revamped and updated. And it's coming out as a brand new book in about two or three weeks called Marketing Matters. And the reason I'm updating it is because marketing moves forwards quickly. The way you market moves forward quickly. We're living in a frenetic world and everything's frenetic, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, um, it's very difficult to bring something that's one size fits all and it'll last forever. So I've completely revamped it, which is why it's coming out as a brand new book. And where does the interest in marketing as a subject come from with you? Well, to be honest, if you're an author, you're no longer just can sit in your garret and um, write. And then magically, everybody will find your books. That no longer happens. You have to be able to let people know they are available. And to be able to let people know they're available, you have to um, be able to get the word out, which means marketing and promotion. And to be honest, I have had some marketing and promotion training, so that does help. But I've developed it into how to market and promote your book as a writer, how to build up a buzz, how to get people interested, how to get things happening in advance, everything like that. Yeah, the following, yeah. as the young people like to say. Yeah. And you, you seem to be really good at it. You're like you're so engaged with modern technology and modern platforms. The first time I used a computer, I was 12 years old and I went to Bucky High School. I lived up north then. And if you were in the top stream as an extra subject, you got computing studies. Well, none of us had even heard of a computer then. We didn't even know what it was. And it was a massive, massive thing that had been built in a room. And it took the whole room up and we had to punch ca hole ca cards, holes in cards and feed it into the computer to get it going. My first PC was a Commodore 64. I'm a real early adopter. So I adopt oh. every new technology that comes out. <laughs> oh, I, I can beat you. My first computer was a Spectrum ZX. Oh, I'm impressed. That really it's isn't at the beginning. It yeah, really that is. Was very first it had rubber keys on it oh my goodness <laughs> yeah i tried to explain to my nieces recently what the spectrum was and how it was just a keyboard and you needed a television and you needed a tape deck in order to work it yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> they probably didn't even know what tape deck was no they wouldn't i gave them a tape once and a pen and asked yeah. them to figure it out couldn't do it no no uh. the things the things that you remember so <laughs> how old were you when you eventually wrote your first book then 
I started when I was, I think, 49 or 50, round about then, when my first book, I wrote it. Yeah. So it was kind of late middle age, really. <laughs> no, that's young. 50 is the new 30. Did you not know? Uh, well, it probably is. Yes, it is. But to be honest, it doesn't matter what age you are. You can write a book. You can write a book. Anybody needs to write a book, whatever age they are. Yeah. Is, is there any advice that you would have for somebody that wanted to get into writing? To find out the answer to that question, you will have to tune in next week for part two of our interview with Wendy where in addition to advice for budding authors, Wendy also spilled the beans on her upcoming work as well as her recommendations for books to read during the Reading Ahoy Challenge. The Reading Ahoy Challenge is open to all ages and reading abilities. If you would like to find out how you can participate, um, please visit our website or our Facebook group. Links, as always, are in the description. And until next week, be healthy, be active and be creative.